0: This program is brought to you by the Scripps College of Communication, which is comprised of five schools, each offering a variety of majors and programs for students who want to pursue communication-related careers. Learn more at ohio.edu slash Scripps College. Welcome to Spectrum. Spectrum features conversations with an eclectic group of people some are famous and some aren't, but the common thread is that they all have captivating stories. Today we're talking with Dr. Stephen Miner, an author, scholar, and professor of contemporary history at Ohio University. He's an international expert and specialist in recent Russia, Soviet, and Eastern European history. He talks with us about the impacts of Russian involvement in the U.S. election system. Dr. Miner, we've had some incidents uh, take place in the last few days. Friday, uh, Special Counsel Mueller issued a 35-page indictment uh, targeting a number of uh, Russians who live in Russia as well as three Russian companies for various forms of meddling with our election system in 2016. Did the indictment
1: surprise you? That's a good question. Did the indictment surprise me? I guess the indictments did. The fact that um, an investigation uncovered that the Russians were up to this sort of thing didn't surprise me at all. I'm not a lawyer, uh, you are, so maybe you can tell me about this, but I, I believe there's something called a uh, sealed indictment that they could have issued where they didn't actually name the people. Had they done that, they wouldn't have been given any notice that they were indicted. And Then had they traveled abroad, they might have been nabbed. Instead, for whatever reason, Mueller decided to issue this indictment, naming the people. Uh, on reflection, that seems an odd choice. I'm not sure why he did that. but. As I said, you, you'd know that better than me. But
0: Well, it, it does put people on notice, and in the answer to your question, you're inferring the the obvious, I think, which is uh, uh, President Putin will not
1: uh, load these people on a plane and, and send them to Washington. I expect them to be tried in the West as soon as the murderers of Alexander Litvinenko are, are tried. <laughs> which means never. Which means never. Yeah. Uh, But
0: on your point, the indictments do limit their travel. Yes, they do. And if they go to a country with extradition agreements Mm -hmm. with the United States like France or Italy or or Great Britain – Or Poland. uh, Or Poland – uh, then they would be subject to arrest, so mm-hmm. so it, it does restrict them in some sense.
1: Yes, and one of them said, "Well, our motherland is big, and I'm perfectly happy to stay here and, and uh, enjoy its its bounty and its beauty." So uh, that that's a uh, maybe a, a facetious way of passing off something that says this person can't travel. So it does limit them, yeah. Uh, but I, if, if the point was to actually get them. Uh, A surprise might have been a more effective way of doing that. But if the point was to name them, Mm -hmm. to
0: uh, actually put faces and names on what we have been thinking uh, for a a number of months and in years, uh, the indictment, the way it was done, accomplished that. Yes,
1: I agree with you. It, it gives it a, a reality that it wouldn't have had if you just said some Russians were doing this. You've put actual names and faces to that. And so it's effective in, in that regard. Sure. Yeah. So you've been looking at
0: in particular, I suppose, the Rus- Russian reaction to this. Uh Tell us what you think that is and and
1: characterize it to, a, as you would. Well, the official Russian reaction was this is laughable. You've given us nothing. Uh, we deny it. They said we deny it categorically. So it's full denial on the part of the Russian government, which you'd expect. On the part of the public, it's hard to know. Uh, it, people ask me what Russians think of any given thing, and I always say, well, what do Americans think of any given thing? <laughs> you don't know. No, there's a variety of reaction. Uh, I think a common reaction is, well, you do this to other people all the time, you meaning the Americans that you're interfering in elections elsewhere all the time. Who are you to, to, to judge us? Uh, I think that's a very common reaction. And others just shrug their shoulders. An awful lot of Russians, it should be said, regard politics as something that happens elsewhere and, and they're disengaged from politics. As long
0: as it doesn't impact their, right. their day, daily life. Right.
1: Well, President
0: Trump over the weekend uh, in his tweet storm, as the news has characterized it, uh, one of his tweets said, the, the Russians are laughing their asses off at us. Uh, and I think he was inferring that they're laughing at our investigation uh, and our pre, in his view, preoccupation with, with this. Do you think that was
1: a correct characterization on the <laughs> president's part? I, I think I've said before when you've interviewed me that uh, Trump for me is terra incognita. I have no idea <laughs> what's behind his thinking. Um, I would say – look, the, the interference in our election was a serious thing and it needs to be investigated and I'm glad they're doing it. Uh, the extent to which it actually influenced things I think is probably pretty marginal. That doesn't mean it's not serious, but it's probably pretty marginal. The chief effect the Russians have had, it seems to me, the, the effect of all of this, at a very low investment in terms of dollars, they've gotten us to quarrel amongst ourselves since it's been opened up. In other words, the long-term effect is bigger than the actual effect on the election. The way we're going at one another uh, is, has, has, has worked. If the idea was to throw a monkey wrench into our political system and cause Americans to quarrel with one another, it's helped that. Do you think that they were astute enough, though, to uh, look at Donald Trump and
0: say, "Look, this this guy is a narcissist, and <laughs> uh, you know, if we uh, get caught, he, he's just going to blame somebody else. It, it's not going to, uh, it's not really going to matter, and this is just going to foment even greater discord within
1: the United States. He 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 basically is going to act as our Provocateur. Well, you know, we don't know because uh, the, the records aren't available. All you can do is guess. Uh, if they thought that Trump was going to win an election in 2014, then they win, they win the Svengali award. Um, I think that they, they probably saw him as a disruptor and useful in that regard. After all, as we know from these revelations, they supported Jill Stein. They supported Bernie Sanders. In other words, they supported kind of none of the above. Um, They they certainly had – Putin had an animus against Hillary Clinton. That's clear from 2012 when he accused her of interfering in the Russian elections. And I would not doubt that part of Putin's reasoning in all of this is gender related. He has an animus against women and he's shown this in his dealings with Angela Merkel, for example. Uh, Merkel, who's tried to reason with him. Uh, is known to be afraid of dogs, so he shows up with this big mastiff at a meeting, just simply to frighten her. And he talks more easily with male counterparts than he does with female counterparts. I think there's a there's a is a, a gender dimension there with Putin, but there's also a personal element. I, I don't think that's the chief cause. I think that what they were they thought Hillary would win. But they thought that they could throw enough mud to make her damaged and to make the system look sorted. I think that's their, their ultimate
0: aim—to uh, use Trump's term, rigged.
1: Uh, uh, that. <laughs> well, I don't think. Well, I, I'm not sure that Russians think the system's rigged, but I think that they think it's it's corrupt. It is sorted. I said, if you scratch away the surface, um, I don't think Russians believe that democracy actually works. It's just that we're better at hiding uh, the manipulation behind the scenes. Getting behind the
0: indictments a little bit, the, the Russian companies mm-hmm. that were involved and some of the higher-up Russians as opposed to the field troops of Russians that were involved in the indictment, news outlets have drawn direct relationships between them and, and, and Putin. Is, is that fair? Uh, for for them to do is that something that
1: as somebody who has studied this region, you would suspect as well? Yeah, I've heard some people say, oh we can't assume that that Putin was behind it or that it went all the way to the top Look you can't always you can't assume anything sure but the likelihood is enormous, that Putin okayed it and approved it. They had in, – in the, the place they've been operating in St. Petersburg is a, is a rather large building. St. Petersburg, of course, is the place that Putin rose to power and he has very good connections there with the intelligence services. Um, organizations that are devoting a million dollars to interfering in American elections in Russia don't do that to attack a, a rival's political system – just because, as as Putin says, they were outraged patriots. Uh, if they did, they'd be shut down. Uh, Putin's Russia is an authoritarian state, and if people undertook this on spec, they'd be shut down very quickly. And so, it's it's certainly reasonable to assume. In fact, it, it, anybody who studies Russia wouldn't doubt for a minute that it went to the top. That people just don't do this uh, this kind of thing. Sure, there's there's crime, and not every sparrow that falls in Russia spal- uh, falls at the order of Putin. But when you attack a foreign state, you're undertaking something that has political risk and you wouldn't do it unless there was approval from above. People wouldn't take that kind of initiative.
0: Were you surprised uh, from your level of study the intricacy of the involvement of the Russians as alleged in the indictments that they – brought people here. I mean, I I do believe that most of the American public and I do believe that most of the American news media thought that we were having some form of cyber uh, warfare and that it was pretty well limited uh, to that. We had bots and trolls on social media and we had hacks of emails and and, uh, that was all the rhetoric. These indictments show people in the field Integrating with Americans, using uh, Americans, as as the assistant attorney general said, unwittingly mm-hmm. uh, at this point in this indictment, did did
1: that surprise you? The extent of the infiltration, not really. Um, by all reports, the number of actual human agents working in Russia in, from Russia in the United States right now is higher than it was during the Cold War. In part, wow. Being, um, Well, in part because it's easier to do but also because the Russian economy is such a mess that they've upped industrial espionage to a good degree. Um, The United States is fairly easy to work in uh, and has been. It's an open society and it's easy to move about. Uh, the, the numbers that they mentioned in the indictment of people who actually penetrated, came into the United States and worked here is like four or five. It's not a, a lot of people. No, uh, But it doesn't surprise me at all that, that, that you'd have that element because after all, one of the things they were trying to do was organize demonstrations. They also were um, stealing identities and uh, social security numbers. And some of this, I think, involves people being on the ground. So no, it doesn't surprise me.
0: And, and taking both sides of, yes. of yeah. issues. Yes. Uh, And even uh, so much as uh, helping sponsor a Hillary rally, as Mm -hmm. it said in the indictment, but then having people have signs uh, promoting Muslim beliefs in
1: in the group, knowing that that would be a trigger for some. Well, in one day, apparently, in in Houston, they organized a pro-Muslim rally and an anti-Muslim immigration rally the same day. Now... The numbers of people involved were small. I think there were about 50 people in one of the demonstrations. Uh, after the election, they've organized anti-Trump rallies. Um, the, the point, it seems to me, the, the, the thing to draw from this is they had an animus against Hillary, but the chief aim of all this was to set ourselves at each other's throats and to encourage uh, anger to stoke the fires. I mean, the United States right now is sharply divided. It's very polarized. I think you you would probably agree that in Certainly. in our lifetime it's more polarized oh, than it's yeah. been. Uh, they see that, and they think that this is a good way to keep us off guard by stoking those fires.
0: And with Trump as president, he becomes a lightning rod yeah. uh, because of his um, tweeting, because of his personality, because of the way that right. he operates as president. Uh, it's easier, probably, for them to sh- sow discord. Sure. Uh, apparently, uh, news reports, if they're accurate, are saying that the Russian bots and trolls have been working since the Florida school shooting, uh, trying to foment uh, more discord on the Second Amendment issue and, and sure. gun control. They did
1: this after Ferguson. They were involved in in uh, and pushing the Black Lives Matter, uh, yes. right? Yeah, so uh, they'll they'll pick on any issue that is contentious and try to f- throw gasoline on the fire. I think that's that's the point. And, and but let's back up a little bit. The point of this disruption is what? Well, um, Russians believe, and with some reason, that the United States interferes in other countries' affairs. Um, Putin has accused us of overthrowing the Ukrainian government. in in 2014. I don't think that the United States did that. However, the United States was involved in the collapse of the Ukrainian government. I think the Ukrainian people uh, got rid of their government. Um, They point to Libya where Gaddafi was overthrown and then murdered. Uh, in part because of an allied intervention, and, and which he, which Putin believes exceeded the mandate of of the United Nations. In other words, he's seen a number of cases where the United States has become involved in the destabilization or overthrow of governments, and he's concerned this could be done to him. And so he, this this is in his in his worldview, payback for this sort of thing. And the United States does do this kind of thing. Uh, uh, Obama got involved in the elections in Israel trying to get Netanyahu unseated. Um, so it, we, we we're vulnerable to that charge. Trevor Burrus So we don't necessarily have clean hands in, in worldview. Peter Robinson In the worldview, yeah. I, I, to me, there's an, a world of difference between being involved in an overthrow of a corrupt dictatorial government such as the one in Libya or trying to manipulate elections in a country like Britain or France. But we did get involved in Israel, which is our, both our ally and a democracy. And uh, Putin has been quite explicit about this, saying it's fair play for us, it's fair play for them. We'll be back after this message.
0: The Scripps College of Communication at Ohio University... Seeks to not only educate its students about today's communication industry, but to produce innovative leaders. These leaders will shape the future of communication and its methods of delivery in a rapidly changing technological landscape. Scripps provides leadership in communication by preparing students to be effective and responsible communicators in a global society and by advancing the field through creative activity and research on communication concepts, issues, and problems. The Scripps College of Communication fosters multicultural awareness within a diverse community. It strives to create a climate of civility where leadership and innovation are prized and responsibility and accountability are understood. The college values curriculum, research, and creative activity that provides benefits to people regionally, nationally, and globally. You can learn more at ohio.edu slash Scripps College. Related or or not related, I want to tie it in here, and that is uh, the U.S. Congress Congress as close to unanimously as they ever get, <laughs> uh, pr- proposed additional sanctions to be imposed against uh, Russia for, at that, that time, alleged ele- election interference. Uh, President Trump, after playing this out for the longest time, uh, has refused to Im- impose those. Um To date, since Friday, and we're speaking on Tuesday morning, uh, to date, he has not called out the Russians based upon the indictment. Now, does Putin, in your view, see this as an act of friendship on the part of Trump, or does he see it As a sign of
1: weakness, which he abhors. That's a good question. I I can't answer that level of detail because I don't. I don't know what Putin thinks of specific things. Um, The Trump administration is is a hard one to explain. Um, As you say, he's refused to to move forward with sanctions against this specific indictment. At the same time, he sent lethal weaponry to Ukraine. At the same time, he uh, ordered the bombing of a column in Syria that killed maybe 200 Russians, which is the largest number of Russians killed by Americans since 1920. Incidentally, wow. and then made a call. And went, sorry, <laughs> yeah, oops, my bad. Um, but Putin also didn't raise a particular fuss over, over that uh, because he had th- these people were not uh, uniformed Russian personnel. They've been using mercenaries instead. So there's a mixed record here, and he's also maintained the sanctions that that Obama set in place after Crimea and the invasion of, of Ukraine. So it's a mixed record, and uh, I, I I'm not I I can't explain why Trump does what he does. As for Putin, I think if you look at the at the sweep of things, the Magnitsky Act is still in place, which punishes specific Russians for. Um, the the killing of, of of people in Russian prisons, of, of dissidents, um, specific Russian members of Putin's hierarchy have been targeted with sanctions. Uh, the Russian economy is in a mess, in part because of of Western sanctions, and Trump hasn't lifted any of these. So, is this an olive branch? Um, I, I don't know what's going on in. Trump's mind. I really – I can't guess. Uh, my, my guess though about Putin is that he sees the larger sweep and right now things are not looking good between Russians and Americans. There are some hints that the Russians would like to see this improved. Um, whether or not they'll follow up on that, I don't know. Well, uh,
0: we see McMaster at a uh, conference in Munich uh, basically calling out the Russians and and supporting the indictment. And then we see Trump, at least in tweets, which he says are his words, right. uh, saying he slapped uh, his hand. M- McMaster, it, he misspoke. Right? Uh, that's really not our
1: our policy. Yeah, no, I, I I can't understand that. And and yet the strategic review that was issued earlier this year identified Russia as the principal strategic enemy of the United States or rival of the United States. So. You know, welcome to the Trump world. We're getting mixed messages. Uh, he has at various different times said that the Russian interference in American politics was a hoax. Then he said it wasn't, but that the hoax is the is the collusion. Uh, he, he's he's gone back and forth, and I. I I'm at a loss to, to see a consistent thread.
0: There. Well, I think it would be fair to say that since the uh, indictments were issued on Friday and, as I said, we're speaking on Tuesday morning, there has been no presidential condemnation right. of of the Russians as a result of the indictments. And instead, it's been looking at his own status mm-hmm. in the American political landscape.
1: No, he grabbed the the indictments as a vindication at first, saying, see, no collusion. This pro- this is proof there's no collusion. Well, it's not necessarily. Uh, there was no collusion with these 13 people. What what else has gone on, we don't know. What we don't know, we don't know, right? Uh, so you're right. He, he jumped on this as vindication of himself, and there's been no outright denunciation of the Russians for this kind of interference, which is, is, is it is outrageous interference. I want to be clear on that. Yes, I'm, I'm not saying that I think that this is okay because other people have sinned. It's not, and uh, the the integrity of our elections is important and must be maintained. They did other things like try to to um, hack into computers on state levels, try to influence voter rolls. This is serious stuff, and it should we should pay a lot of attention to it and make it clear to them that we do not care for this. And there are countermeasures that we can and should take. You know, they have elections coming up as well. They're elections in quotes. Well, <laughs> <probably>. <laughs> you said that with full <laughs> gusto and I was wondering. Sorry. If well, was. but no, but there are things that – I look, um, I suspect that our NSA and various other signals intelligence folks – have an awful lot of information, uh, some of which was published in WikiLeaks showing the connections between the Russian government and organized crime. Maybe some of that should be made public. And it could embarrass the people who hold power in Russia. And it could be a real shot in the arm to the beleaguered Russian opposition, uh, which is the central point of which under Navalny is to stress just how corrupt the Putin government is. Trevor Burrus Who was not allowed to run right. uh, yeah. uh, against Putin in That's the right. current That's election, right? right? <laughs> uh, Putin only allows handpicked people to run against him. So if we look back at what Mueller's
0: doing – you you and I started our conversation with this. It seems to me – and I could be dead wrong because he sure is a master at this. But from my legal background, this was a foundational set of indictments to say you don't even know how much the Russians were involved. They, they were involved in talking to real Americans face-to-face, and they're here. Uh, That's step one. I think he's got several other steps to go. One would be the uh, computer uh, hacking uh, issues and the the cyber warfare. Uh, The other would be whether there is any Trump campaign involvement and another being the, the money aspects of this and whether any money transpired that violated federal law. Those are four sort of segments of a long extenuating case. So it's ridiculous to say no collusion <laughs> based on the first one when it's likely that there are
1: other things to come. Well, one of the things that got buried when the indictments came out, was a report just a couple days beforehand by both the British and the American governments on the cyber attacks that took place last summer in Europe, um, which they've traced, I think, fairly effectively to the Russian government. The Russian government was meddling in Ukraine, uh, turning down the power plants and uh, sh- fooling with the, the banking system and so forth. And But they, the viruses they released were prolific and went elsewhere. And among other things, shut down the National Health Service's computers for a while in Britain and caused apparently billions of dollars worth of damage. So you're right. There's more coming. Uh, certainly on that, I would have thought. Uh, on the money thing, I think the money thing is probably more promising, my guess would be, than than collusion, outright collusion. Uh, you know, the, again, uh, there was the indictment of Gates or, or the plea, not the indictment, but the plea of Gates. Plea that's coming shortly. Uh, right. And Manafort has, of course, been indicted. Now these were these were financial transactions that took place before they were involved with the Trump campaign, but the Russians have been pouring money in. And it's a pattern. Yes. Yeah. And and, and, and as you say, we don't know what's out there. Uh, there 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 may be further things coming. I I'd, I'd hate to speculate and say there are. But I wouldn't doubt that there might be. That's right. I would say that there probably are. Uh,
0: And with Gates changing his plea and entering a plea agreement, he's going to testify against Manafort, which is going to ratchet up the pressure on Manafort to then enter a plea and, and testify.
1: But at the same time, there's odd things going on because Flynn, of course, pleaded guilty. And then the judge in that case recused himself because he had served on a FISA court. Now, whether it was the FISA court that dealt with the steel the- documents, who knows? Um, but the new judge, and again, you're a lawyer, I'm not, but the new judge says you've got to hand over all exculpatory evidence to Mr. Flynn. Does that happen very often when somebody's already pleaded guilty? No, not
0: uh, not upon a plea, but if they discovered that there was some that was not Uh, Disclosed prior to the plea, then that would be an appropriate order to say the defendant has to decide whether or not they will move to change their plea or remove It's unusual though, isn't it? But it's highly unusual. Uh, So
1: there are unusual things going on and of course there's the whole FISA court thing and – the, uh, some of which uh, the, the steel dossier, some of which was, was based on Russian probably misinformation. So the Russians have been playing all kinds of games on all sides, it seems. It's
0: okay, so let's say that's past. We have really no idea what's present right. as far as uh, disturbances. We, we do know that the, at least as recently as the shooting in Florida, we had some bot influence from – and troll influence from Russia. Uh, how do you read from both the American perspective and the Russian perspective, Trump's Refusal to acknowledge this and refusal to uh, prepare for any type of defense in 2018 or 2020. I mean, there, there's there been nothing.
1: As far as one can see, you're right. I, mean, I, I, I know that uh, some of the people, you mentioned McMaster um, and others, um, have taken this seriously. Now, whether they're engaged in things that we don't know behind the scenes we don't know. But you're right. As far Certainly. as Trump goes, he, he uh-huh. this seems to be a non-issue for him and not a worry because he's transfixed with the past. He's transfixed with proving that his election in 2016 was legitimate and had nothing to do with the Russians. Well that's all well and good. Maybe that's true. Maybe it's not. But as you say, there's an election coming up and we should make darn sure that they, they aren't honing their craft so to speak. The indictment may be good in that regard because if you've identified an organization that's doing this sort of stuff, then you can take action to block it and to to checkmate it. Uh, Do the Russians have more than one arrow in their quiver? I suspect they do. Do you suspect that Congress will take any action based on
0: these indictments? Now it's sort of okay. You can't say this is a hoax. Here, here
1: it is. But Congress has a track record of inaction. Well, it does. uh, But at the same time, remember, it was Congress that uh, did pass the sanctions and kept them in place when Trump was talking, at least making noises about having them removed. So Congress does respond to its constituencies. I I, I just don't know. I mean, again, I'm not, thankfully, I'm not an American specialist. But uh, uh, you have had members of Congress speaking very forcefully about this. I mean, Gerald Nadler likened it to Pearl Harbor. Um, I think that's an exaggeration. Do you uh, do you see it as acts of war, though? Uh very nearly, yeah, yeah. I but um, I don't. It's not Pearl Harbor. If it's Pearl Harbor, is Gerald Nadler going to introduce into Congress a, a, a resolution to declare war on Russia? I don't think so. It's it's a hostile act. But we're in a gray zone, aren't we? We're in, a, we're in an area we really are. that we, that's unprecedented because the internet is, is intrusive across state lines in ways that other things haven't been. There are analogies in the past. Um, foreign countries, including the Nazis, tried to influence Hollywood, for example. Uh, but that was a very clumsy and slow-moving weapon in comparison with cyber attacks. Uh, we, we're into, into terror incognita. Like I said, this is – we don't know. It's somewhere between an outright attack – nobody's getting killed thankfully um, and something that's really quite unacceptable um, it's it's in a gray zone certainly the Russians by the way uh, the Russians published last year their defense uh, protocols how, how they how they defend themselves their their uh, the state of their defense and one of the things that they highlighted was cyber attacks as a weapon of war in, as a way of dealing with the relative material weakness of Russia. Russia is a fairly poor country when it comes right down to Its GMP, I think I've told you before, is the right. size of Spain. Right. Uh, it can't sustain a large war for very long. So it has to, to maximize other elements of uh, conflict. But if you just look at
0: two elements that we know of, they're cheap. You send yeah. four, 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 four to eight Russians over to the United States and say, go disrupt things. Right. And uh, you, you give them a few million dollars uh, here and there, and that, that helps out. And you sit in your – home country or in satellite countries and deny it and and deny it and hack away
1: right Uh, right no (laughs) that's cheap it is it's it's a cheap poor man's weapon of war so you are the
0: russian expert what do you expect next from putin or or the the russian government vis-a-vis the united states and
1: and either these issues or others well, um, the hot spots obviously are Ukraine yeah. and Syria right now and also the Baltic. What's going on in the Baltic is really quite worrisome because – Most Americans don't even know where it is. No. So, <laughs> most so. Americans couldn't identify where Estonia is, much less know that we're pledged to defend Estonia as though it was Cleveland. Uh, it, it's our ally. Uh, but it's, of course, wedged right into the Baltic right up next to St. Petersburg and is – largely indefensible in any conventional sense. But the Russians have been doing things to um, cut it off, cut off the Baltic states by uh, moving weaponry into the islands in the Baltics, but also into their sliver of Kaliningrad, which is this, this exclave of Russia. It used to be East Prussia, but it's actually sovereign Russian territory. It's separate from Russia itself. And they've been arming that thing uh, quite effectively, and they put a ring Essentially, a defensive ring around the Baltic states, so that if should it come to a conflict, it would be very difficult to reinforce the place. And here's the here's the thing: the Baltic states all have sizable Russian minorities, and the Russians have proven very adept at playing on the anger, the discontents of Russian minorities. Right now, the Russians in Estonia and Latvia are perfectly happy because they live better than their counterparts in Russia itself. But you know, things are not stable, and. And, and can change.
0: Putin and the Russian government's idea with Crimea, with Ukraine, with Estonia and the Baltic is to gain territory so that it basically reunites the old Soviet Union or uh, it gains natural resources or... or both.
1: What's the motivation besides just pride? In Crimea, it's it's all of those. It's it's pride certainly. Crimea has belonged to Russia since the 18th century and if you go far back enough in, in, in Russian history, back to the 9th and 10th centuries, there were Russians in Crimea. So a lot of Russians see it as ancient Russian land and not only that but Russian land that they've fought for uh, against the British and French in the Crimean War and the Turks and against the Germans in 41 to 45. So there's pride. Um, The Crimean Peninsula itself is strategic because it was the home base of the Soviet Baltic fleet. Uh, The Crimean Peninsula juts out into the Black Sea which allows you to dominate the Black Sea with with anti-aircraft weaponry and and so forth. Um, And dominate a a, a strategic area of the world because it can reach then the the Turkish Straits and – and so forth and so on. So strategically, it's important. It's a gateway. It's yeah. a gateway, Also, or it's at least a, a door. And uh, and also there's evidence that there's oil underneath uh, southern Ukraine and northern uh, Crimea. Now, I don't know how much, and uh, Russia's not exactly short of oil. But resources are a factor, whether it's the major Correct. factor, I don't know. I, I would say geostrategic and pride are more important, geostrategic considerations and pride. And more pride more. means a lot to Putin pride means a lot to Putin. It means a lot to Russians. Uh, Russians, I think, many of them, not all, but Russians were humiliated by the defeat in the Cold War. Uh, Many Russians have come to believe the sort of legend that somehow they were betrayed and that the Soviet Union need not have collapsed. Putin has referred to it as the greatest geopolitical tragedy of the 20th century. Um, and uh, a, A restoration of pride and Russian place in the world is a value to a lot of Russians uh, and they, which gives Putin much yes, of his power yeah. because they see him as the vehicle for that. Exactly. Yeah. There is there is a sense that among nationalist Russians that Putin has restored Russia's national pride, that they're no longer apologizing before the world and that the world listens to them. And that problems are not resolved without Russian input. Those things are important to a lot of Russians.
0: Well, Steve, I hope that you'll come back as this thing unfolds regarding the, Soviet, <laughs> the old Soviet Union or, or Russia now, uh, and, and uh, I think we're just on the first step of perhaps a long journey. I think so, yeah. Thanks, Steve. Thank you. Today, we've been talking with Dr. Stephen Miner, professor, scholar, and author, and expert on Russia— We've been talking about his reactions to the issuance of the current indictments and Russian involvement in the U.S. election system. Spectrum is produced by WOUB Public Media. Adam Rich is our co-producer. I'm your host, Tom Hudson. Please subscribe to Spectrum. You can do that at Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or at NPR One. We always welcome your feedback, so please rate our podcast or you can review it through Apple Podcasts. If you have any questions or comments whatsoever about any of our podcasts, please direct them to me by email at Hudson, hodson at That's hodson, H O D S O N, at ohio.edu.